Welcome, everyone, to episode one of Becoming Coachable. Uh, I am your host, Dustin Latchford, and my guest today is Grant Piani. And Grant is the coach of the Missouri All-Stars, uh, which is a Division II team that's been tearing it up in the NXL. And we're going to hear Grant's take on the Philadelphia Open and all the fun things that come up with that. So stay tuned. All right. So we are here with our first episode of Becoming Coachable. Uh, Grant. I, we had some questions. I know I sent you a few things before the show. First of all, I want to thank you so much for being here and giving us your time. Um, really appreciate it. I know you got a lot going on with Missouri All Stars. Tell us a little bit about you and like, how did you become a? When did you become a coach? What made you get into coaching? And what's what's like what's your paintball background in like a nutshell? Can you give me like a like a, like a quick wrap up of like how you got into this game, how you got into coaching, and, and how you became the coach of Missouri All Stars? Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, this started from paintball started for me in like 2004, three or four. I was like 12 years old. Um, my buddy, one of my best, I'm actually the best man in his wedding. The guy who got me into paintball uh, this summer. Grandma gets him a paintball gun. I'm the first idiot to go up on the hill and just let him shoot me. And then immediately he was like, okay, I got to get one of these guns. So we started like, like, quick, like every single weekend out on his property, uh, just playing one-on-one, -on -one. eventually got other kids into it. And then that kind of rolled into, like I started figuring out about tournaments, speedball, all that. So I brought him and a few of the like local guys to make a three-man deal. And we ran that through Midwest Paintball Series, Jaggers, High Performance, all that. Um, and that would have been like 2005, till 2010 and then i took um i took what teams were those what was the name of that team so it was a team we started uh the golden gorillas golden gorillas golden gorillas mad respect for being from kansas and using gorilla as a mascot by the way yeah mad, yeah. mad respect by the way <laughs> nothing to no affiliation to pitt state whatsoever Shh, don't say that don't say that it's just fine Watch I out! They'll charge you. They they, they send they send me all these alumni stuff. They'll charge you. But yeah, sorry. Continue. I, I needed the. I I love these old school team names. So oh, yeah, Gold, Golden Gorillas. Um, and then we. So I took four years off for college, uh, 2010 to 14. It's going into my uh, victory laps, my fifth year. I said, I'm I'm jumping right back into this. I I had the itch the whole time, but I was like I couldn't possibly afford school and paintball. So um, my fifth year, I actually responded to a uh, tryout posted on PB Nation for Jake Dixon, shout out, uh, at Elite Sports. Yeah, good guy. And uh, I just went there blindly. I, I hadn't played in like four years, grabbed some old setup I had in gear and went and made uh, his team easy company. And then that year we played uh, the last PSP, so PSP Dallas, um, and then the uh, World Cup, and that got me like completely rehooked. So it's kind of like the long version of uh, how I got through that and back into it. Dude, shout out to Jake and Elite Sports, right? Oh yeah, like, one of, like one one of the if you guys haven't got a chance to check it out, one of the gyms up there. Like I, I remember playing like three mans and stuff up there with the Pitt state guys, like just any chance to get to go play and like help try to help support like that field and everything. Cause like middle, like 
what people think of as like these flyover states and everything. Like this is where this is where we came up playing paintball. This is where this is where we grew up. So man, this is it's it's great to see play, play, places like that. Like people like oh, Jake yeah. bringing places and communities and stuff for paintball and help out help out those areas. So mad shout out to them. That's really cool. So that was that was two thousand. 2014, you said, right? You came back, you're playing with Easy Company. Right. So that would have been like the, I guess, beginning of 2015. So it was my fifth year, last year in school. Um, and then I jumped in with them. And then that actually, so for World Cup, he brought in Will Streff and Dalton Porter from St. Mm-hmm. Louis. And that got me linked up with those guys. So that got me my foot in the door for the next, let's see, two, two or three seasons playing with uh, St. Louis Ambition. So I hopped on with those guys, played. And then the whole coaching thing wasn't actually supposed to happen. Um, I actually had – I'm trying to think of what order this came in. I would kind of dabbled with it, I believe, with Todd Boyer and the KC Kings. Mm-hmm. Um, I went down to Texas and helped them out a little bit. I was trash and uh, as a coach at that point. Um, and then I was actually, I was still actively playing. So I got picked up by, uh, I was the Phoenix division all-stars. Um, and I'm trying to think Robbie samples is one who got my foot in the door with that team. Shout out Heath Davis, who uh, ran that team as well as a field in, uh, the South Alabama, I believe. Yep. Um, but anyways, night before that event, <laughs> I get trashed, wake up show up to the field. I can't even like function as a player. And so I go up to Heath and I'm like, Hey, listen, uh, I've kind of dabbled in coaching a little bit. I I really, I'm probably no good for you guys today as far as being a player. Um, So if you wanted to hand over control, I know you guys don't have a coach. um, So I'd be happy to, to do that for you guys. Um, That actually went really well. We got third place at MSXL. Um, That was D4 it was actually, I believe, at that point, the best that that team had done yet. So that kind of got me, uh, you know, excited about it. I think I remember some of these events too, right? This would have been when you like when you were helping out those teams and everything. This would have been whenever we were playing with Plum Life, playing uh, or a year or two before or in that time frame, right? It's all kind of jumbled together, like, yeah. At this point, but it's like somewhere in that like 2017, 18 area. Um, and then from there, like, honestly, I was kind of hooked. I was like, I had a, such a, like, and you can ask anyone that, that uh, has played, I mean, you've played for me. So like I get adrenaline from just the coaching side of it yeah. almost more than when I played. And so yeah. I realized pretty quickly, I was like, I think I'm more effective doing this and I'm big on like go big or don't go. So from there, I just like gave it my all 110% with, Every single practice I show up to, I travel for um, tournaments. I, believe, I look back on APP, I think we've run like 19 tournaments as the KC Missouri All-Stars. Been at every single one. Um, so, yeah, it's – Wow. Yeah, it's uh, it's a big thing. and But, yeah, the Plum Life D5, that was kind of like, I guess, my first project um, was working with them. And it's been mainly the same group. It's like Todd Boyer, Cam uh, Long. You know, it's like the same Jacob yep. Downing. Yep. Um, yeah. The boys, the boys who don't quit. Right. right. And, I mean, and we've been, I've been super fortunate. We've kept 
like Jacob Chappie. I mean, all these guys, we kept it like pretty tight knit for this is going on three years now. And that that's one thing that like I've always like I've always thought was impressive about like this part, like that part of the country. Cause like growing up playing around Joplin and like growing up in that scene and like spending a lot of time in Kansas city. And like when you were talking about going back and forth to St. Louis and Kansas city, I, during those time periods, I lived in like Columbia, Missouri. So like, I, like, I like I was picking between one or the other whenever I wanted to go play. And like in Pittsburgh, you were going to Kansas city, but like the guys from Kansas city, they've always, in my opinion, have always had this mentality of like, you've never seen a bunch of guys who have like gotten beat up more, but are still there with a smile on their face, ready, ready to hit you in the nose. And like, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's Kansas city paintball. And like, you look at it from like KCAC, you look at it from like, these guys have all been beating each other up outside the cave, inside the cave, out of HPP, wherever, wherever they get a chance to get it, whether they're traveling to Oklahoma or down to kicking, like, have guns will travel and like it's it's a group of people that like they're relentless it's still so many of the same people in the scene that like continue to grind and put in the time and the effort and i think it's really impressive like what kansas city like it it to me it's not it's not shocking that what kansas city is doing from a paintball scene it's shocking that it's taken so long for like the paintball scene and like the talent that's there to kind of like get assembled and like really really show like people to see it to flourish and people to see because like there's always been there's always been talent there's always been talent in this area it's just do do we get a chance to see it and and like is like and where is it right because like if you go to some of these regional events you're going to see all the talent on display is it on display at the nxl i don't know it has been recently you guys have been you guys have been really putting it on display for them and like ac casey's been really kind of doing it too and like these these teams that are doing all this stuff, like it's it's super impressive. Go ahead, Grant. Oh no, I was just gonna interject. I was gonna say, man, like how fucking cool was that? NXL Florida, D three ACKC, mm-hmm. D two Casey Missouri All Stars. Like I was waiting for Maddie Marshall to be like, "What's in the water out there in Kansas City?" I'm like, well, they they look at they see like they 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 see some flyover states and stuff. Like you'd think seeing low like. Logan out there in the heat, like I, I was I was telling people I'm like like what's going on I'm like people must be kind of out of gas because like there's not there may not be a person in 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 paintball that's got a bigger we got a better motor than Logan does and if, like if Logan's out there like if, if you see him breathing heavy and everything everyone else is in trouble like yeah. we're we're all in trouble like he's doing that and he's pulling like you just know that guy's pulling the paint cart too like he's doing like that guy's a machine work. dude absolutely absolutely and like just to see those, those those guys out there putting in for kansas city and stuff like that man that's awesome i'm i'm so excited about that like and i look like i got a sweet spot for anyone that's got the name the word missouri in the in the in their team name just like it's like a man after my own heart so uh, yeah. man, you know you know what else is funny on the note i doubt he even remember i don't i would imagine neither of these guys even remember it it was only maybe once or twice but um way back speaking of like recycled players and the talent that's been around. Mm. So like 2006, probably seven, I want to say Tyler and Tyler Spies, as well as Logan McNeely were, I want to say they were like getting started with vicious. Um, And I know they also dabbled with like DSS AC. Well, five and six uh, from 
they they would have been play, like uh they played with the uh, underground army. I know Logan. Okay. Logan played with underground army and everything. So they were playing some division one and stuff in that realm in MPPL. And then whenever X-Ball kind of took off, they started playing with the DSS guys. And then DSS eventually became vicious because DSS didn't become vicious until I think 2006, 2007. Right. And they, they played, I know that they were both on that team as part of like the move up. So then, all the years are kind of jump. Like I am not exact quote of, of what years, what, but um, and like I said, I don't know if they'd even remember this, but like at least once or twice, Tyler and Logan, I like got up against them when I was like 13 years old at Jaggers on Hyperball and on Speedball and just got the shit beat out of me. So it's funny seeing them. Res- I know Tyler's working with yeah. some teams down in, in Texas, I believe. Uh, I think he coaches a divisional team. And then yeah. I see Logan all the time now. And so it's kind of funny because I'm like, I remember 12 years ago when he scared the shit out of me uh, uh, as a as a preteen. Yeah, I, I I got some I got some stories I don't know if we can tell on the podcast and everything, but but uh, I got to hang out with uh, I got to hang out with Logan and stuff in, in Joplin. He he spent some time with uh, with some of some of the crew and everything in Joplin. So he was a lot of the bunker boys like Sam and Dave from uh, from the cave and everything. The twins, they 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 kind of know what's up. We used to, we used to have a good time down at Drop One whenever <laughs> we come down to to practice for the underground. What I know about up. you guys, not yeah. surprised. <laughs> yeah, un, under underground, rest in peace, R.I.P. You know, so <laughs> yeah. But so yeah, so leading talking about people, kind of as individuals and everything, it kind of led me to one of the questions I really wanted to ask you was like with the Philly layout, and like I know everyone's super excited about. Uh, Farmville 2021 or <laughs> whatever the whatever the meme lords are calling it these days but yeah the 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 fiasco of 2021 which I, I assumed it would take longer for like people to drop the ball a little bit more but we gotta be you gotta be careful because like the moment you complain about something people tell you that you don't do anything and like the straw man argument somehow becomes becomes viable but despite that Whenever you're playing on a surface, and like we've, we've, like from a coaching standpoint, because I've kind of wondered this, because most of the time when you're playing on surfaces that are somewhat questionable, everything's kind of left to the player's devices. Like you're playing pickup paintball where it's like, I'm going to go to the corner, or I'm going to do this, or where are you going to play? And like you're kind of figuring out what those spots are. But when we get to the competitive paintball, like especially if you're going to NXL and like you're practicing the layouts and stuff, you know what your breakouts are, you know where you're, where you're playing to go. And a lot of times, you're doing what the team is telling you to or your captain or the person on your line who calls the plays or in your co- in your case the coach so my question is when you have surfaces and stuff like this how much how, how much leeway do you give a player and do you do you take players and like how much do you have to protect i guess like another question is like how much do you have to protect your players from themselves from you as a coach from like the things they they're going to do because like you may have a kid who's willing to go dive into the snake off the break, but he's probably going to get three or four of those before you got to take him to the ICU. And like at that point in time, what's the point? So what do you, how do you address that type of stuff as a, as a coach? Yeah. So, I mean, you nailed it. It's a constant moral dilemma Um, that goes for surface uh, weather. I mean, shit in Florida, I brought seven bodies and like, I immediately was like, I don't know about this with uh, 95 degree and 100 degree heat index. So it's a it's a constant moral dilemma of the pros and cons of I, I always want to take the spots, you know, and especially a we play, we're aggressive. 
Um, but at the same time, I don't want to, you know, completely injure someone or end their career to take a spot. So it's a constant kind of back and forth that I go through um, on that. I'm probably a pretty bad example. Um, I had to call an ambulance for Todd Boyer. Um, sorry, Todd. Uh, like, what was that? Two years ago after practice <laughs> from pushing him in Florida, just this last event, uh, Jose, sorry, Jose had a um, heat, like, I don't know if you call it a heat stroke, but just a heat situation. He had to be carted off. So, I mean, I'm probably not the, the best um, for this, but it's definitely something that goes through my mind. I'd say just as much as um, are we going to take an extra bite if we're on the far side and their laner's shooting left and he's a dominant righty, um, that goes into the equation. Same as probably just as much as are we going to take the snake off the brake on a piece of shit surface? That makes sense. Yeah, and I I, I think for the, this was not an intervention from your players. No one specifically reached out and they're like, "Hey, could you talk sure. talk to Grant about this?" But it's one of the things when you say like like I'm not I'm not this is I'm not a good example of this. It may just be like instead of it's that you're not a good example, but it's maybe a spot where like there may be room for improvement. It may be a spot <laughs> right. where like like maybe it's something we take into more consideration. But it may also be like one of those things where like are like one of the one of the ways that i think mentally i've i've accomplished this in, in like lower division tournaments and stuff is like there's certain times whenever like i'll look at a surface and like jaggers was notorious for this at times would be like back in the day when i'd be playing like a, a at the reman or something at jaggers that one of the rookie novices or something that they would let me play or something one of those type of tournaments but like when you see certain field layouts and stuff you're like oh we're not gonna we're not gonna bother with the snake on this one or we're not going to take it on the break or if you're going to go in there we're going to go in there shooting and kind of setting like certain rules and basically saying if you want to deviate from these rules okay like if you decide that you want to go in there belly up on the break you just let me know but until then we're going to stay we're going to go into these spots standing and we're going to build our game plan as though like maybe all the, these little action figures don't have the combat grip this G.I. Joe character doesn't have the fold in half or the combat grip or like even the kneel down or the dive. Yeah. This one, this one stays on its feet. Like this is what this <laughs> G.I. Joe is. Cause like as a coach, you're kind of, you're, 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 you're basically setting a battle plan that you hope lasts the first 30 seconds. Right. Exactly. Right? Like you're, no, you're yeah. setting a battle plan for 30 seconds. And like, what did the, what does the terrain of the battle plan what does it allow for you to do? Because it's and like you said, I think that's a great way of explaining. It. It's an element. Oh it's, yeah, it's an element, and it's one of those things that like you have to. I think it, it's important to remember is like it's a it's a element, but it's not a renewable resource. So whenever I think fighting games may have ruined this in some of us uh, from like an instinct standpoint, is like in a fighting game, if you end up with like a like this much of your life left versus like the whole part of your life left or seventy five percent doesn't really matter you still won and you're going to start with a full health pack the next time right that doesn't really work like that in a paintball tournament no. right like there's a cost to taking the snake on the break in the first match it may be that the person can't dive like that it may be that the person now has like if you do it three times he's going to have an injury at least on one of the you're going to injure himself 22 percent of the time he dives in there 
how many dives, how many times you want to roll the, how many times you want to roll the dice, how many right. times he want to roll the dice. See, and one of the one of the um, adjustments I know I've made in the past is finding like a, like a pivot spot, so somewhere that you can go to on your feet um, that you can cook out to. Say it's a corner, and you can float out there gunning, and then from there you can go from there and insert into the snake, or let's say it's a god bunker or whatever that is. You you can find those pivot spots where you can safely get there, and then you take down that risk by then, let's say they do dive, but they're going four feet from the God to the snake. That's not that risky versus they're running 40 feet full speed and just launching in there. And I know I've made those adjustments with guys who are hurt or just really bad surfaces where we're like, okay, how can we still accomplish getting the snake without having to take it off the brick? So that's one adjustment that you can make if it's shitty enough. Yeah, and like, imagine if we weren't paying twenty five hundred dollars to deal with these circumstances. You know what? I just if if only if, if, if I'm like you guys could like turf that out or something with the entry. Well, collection. the the and then just the question for me is always like it's like, do you want to be a professional sport? Because I don't under because I'm I'm not a hundred percent confident that that's always like what maybe maybe we're maybe we're after the wrong goal in paintball right now right like because if you want to be a professional sport no one's talking about like how they're going to deal with the with the holes in the floor the dead spots in the floor at like the eastern conference finals right the plane surface and the goals being 10 foot tall and having the right circumference of the rim and playing with a ball that's inflated properly is not going to be. It shouldn't be an issue. We're not. They're not. You're not playing a Boston team. If you're playing the Celtics, maybe, or a Tampa team. Maybe, maybe Tom Brady shows up and deflates the balls. I don't know, but he does. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not pointing fingers. Chiefs. I'm not. I'm not pointing fingers. But he beat, <laughs> he beat the Chiefs. He's the goat. Whatever. But yeah, like it's a playing surface shouldn't be that big of it. And like I, like I understand what's, but like. You, you're no one. Like, I, I work in a business of marketing. Like, if you don't deliver like on a product, no one cares. Oh, why I, you didn't like no like this pandemic stopped me anything is like you need to make sure you have good customers because no one cares why things went wrong. Like, no one cared why the store was out of out of toilet paper. They were just angry at Walmart because they didn't have it. Like, I want this thing and I don't have it. And like. That is the human condition of like many consumers, and like I don't, I don't want to deal with those people. See, but. I feel like part of the problem, and it's 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 kind of jaded for me because I've I've gotten to know Tom Cole a little bit. Um, I actually, from time to time, will text him, and we so and I like him. I, I think he's a great guy. I think he has really good intentions for the game and and, and all of that. I think the two biggest issues that I'm having with with the, the Philly and the surface and just kind of in general is a, I feel like the league is getting away has been getting away with murder for a long time. I think, I don't know if, if they're just not listening to the consumer or if the consumers, you know, going online and, and posting on Facebook and then that's it. And it stops right there. And like some people, I mean, I don't know if you've looked, but like, Jesus, like there's 45 teams in D four for this event. There's like, 
37, I think, in D3 and 25 in semi-pro. The only division that's like light, and I'm just assuming this because the Northeast is light in these in D2, is D2. There's only 14 teams. I don't know where that gap and how it got that big, but still, that's a big turnout, you know? And it's almost like... Hold on. It's a big turnout for what? Well, if you look at the data, like... So, so, so like, my, my thought with the turnout is, like, when we don't get above Division Two and Semi-Pro and Pro, maybe we don't need a ton of teams in those divisions. Maybe those divisions are where paintball becomes taken more seriously. Why did those events need to happen at the same time? Because the audience, because it's it's silly. The, the paintball cannibalizes itself, and I've been talking about this for a long time. The audience that would watch the Pro, the Semi-Pro, and the Division Two people play paintball, right? That would watch them openly. The problem is your audience is at the field playing Division 5, Division 4, Division 3, which is where the majority of your population is, which is also already served by your local regional events. Hashtag go play your local regional events. You don't really need to fly from Texas to Philadelphia to prove you're the best Division 4 team in the country because the best Division 4 teams in the country, like, yeah, they may pay that, but the most funded Division 4 teams in the country are playing in XL. And, like, the team's... Like whenever, like the people who are playing Division Two, you guys, Missouri All Stars, like you guys are, like your guys take this seriously. If people think that you guys are just going to practice like on Sundays and then going to fly to a D two tournament, you're wrong. These guys are putting in work. Like this is like shooting drills, like all these different things. Like they're putting in time and stuff outside that, and like they're different games. I think we have to stop treating Division Five, Division Four, Division Three paintball like we're some type of like children's gymnastics like we have to get every bit of value out of them before they turn 17 and get tall enough that they're going to be not be able to stand over top of a temple anymore or stand under a temple anymore or he might get taller than the small cake before i turn him into a killer so i have to have him out there practicing eight times eight times every single month or two weekends before every event we're burning a lot of these kids out and i think that like we're burning their parents out we're burning out everyone's wallets all so that we can show up and play against the best in the world. But what if we just had the best in the world show up and we watched from home? Right. On TV. And then we could watch ourselves because like you're paying $2,500 to hopefully play on a webcast at the end of the weekend. Yeah. It's like, what's why, why not just, why not? Why don't we put effort, time, money into broadcasting regional events right right so like friends and family can go watch an event you go play the nxl and the only update we have is someone with a bad facebook thing going like this going like i want to know who i want to see every game in the division one field i want to see every game on the d2 field there's going to be blood on that field that's what i want to see i want to stand by the nets but like i can't see that and none of the division like no one knows what happens at these events Right it's, right. it's between you, the refs, and the players. And that's it. Well, and I will say they, they took one step in the right direction with um, the minor, NXL minors. We played the first yes. one, which was yes. Dallas. I, thought, I, I, yeah. thought that, I thought that on accident, they were going to accidentally back themselves into some success. Yeah. I thought, I was like, oh, they're doing it on purpose. And then I found it, it seems like they're not doing it on purpose. Like there's not the intention of like looking to separate them. Cause 
Well, and that brings me up to my other point, and I was going to uh, bring this up. So, like I said, Tom, Cole, I think he's a, a great guy just from the little bit I've gotten to know him. Um, and I think he has good intentions. Where I have a problem is, A, I'm getting away with murder forever, and B, you know, he made a statement regarding the, the surface. How long ago did you know that the grass wasn't coming in? You know, it's like I'm pretty sure you can forecast that it's not happening prior, you know, before five days before the event actually happens when the statement comes out. And that's and mind you, that's after videos are circulating of, hey, look, we're playing Farmville 2021. It's like um, I already got put on blast. It's just being very reactive. You're not being proactive. You, you could have come out uh, three weeks ago and been like, hey, we're having a little bit of issues with the grass coming in, the seat, you know, the seating. It's not really working out. Either change venues or at least make us aware of it and then come up with a contingency plan of we'll refund people who don't want to play in this, whatever. So I think so. I think expecting a different strategy from the NXL is kind of a fool's errand because like if you look at okay let's look let's just look at the historical data right when there's been issues with the nxl what has been the typical response so like if we keep getting events that are expensive events in areas that we probably shouldn't have expensive events and we keep having issues with scoreboards and we keep having issues with playing services when these have been brought up and addressed what has been the historical reaction has it been to make adjustments or has it been to – because I think my opinion is most of the time it's time cures – like time will cure this or stop complaining and just let time pass. And I think that like when this happened, they're like, this isn't going to be good, but time cures all things and lack of options for others also protects time. Right. Because like what the one of the issues also is like this is a, this is a permanent facility. So if you want to talk about like where it really gets sketchy is Tom Cole's statements rough on two directions. Cause like, if I'm not, if, as long as I'm not I'm misunderstanding this, like the city of what, what's the name of the city? Do you remember the city? Atlantic city? No, no, no. This isn't Atlantic city. It's uh, it's like Eagle, like the, the city. Oh, this, the actual like municipality yeah. or whatever. Yeah. The municipality where this is at. Cause it's not actually in Philadelphia. It's in like uh, a small town, like South of that, I think. Yeah. So, I, I that municipality, like so the municipality has like granted use of this. Mm-hmm. So from my understanding, you think about this, like that's tax funded dollars. So their tax funded dollars would help make a permanent facility for an organization that is a for-profit organization. It's not a nonprofit. So they basically built that facility and everything for a link. Or so that way, like with the promise of we're going to bring income and stuff into here. So the city basically allocated funds like government, like tax, tax funds and everything. So if you're a taxpayer in there, your tax funds came for this to like take this area and build this area. And now Tom Cole, which is like this, essentially this free gift that the city was giving in order, isn't good enough. So he's now accidentally come out and publicly said like, hey, we know this is unacceptable. Basically what the city has given him is unacceptable. Well, what the city gave him was amazing and nice to, to give them. But he has a responsibility to make sure that there's a playing surface. So it's great that we have this. We should be playing. They should be playing somewhere else. Right, right. Like you can still have it and play somewhere else. But whenever you also come out and now say like 
make a public statement that like what the city gave us is unacceptable and i'm sorry guys like he didn't even go like this is like 100 percent my fault it's like the city stuff wasn't good enough yet right it's like that's their tax you because they're essentially trying to make a permanent facility where like the nxl can run and operate like they're kind of setting up i think they're trying to set up like fields yeah like, no that's what i got my permanent event venues right and See what I want to know is I want to see the, the the margins on why everything's getting pushed out into the sticks and why it's not like if you look back I mean the Vegas event you could see like I know is I believe is next to like a parking garage but still like MPPL like you can go back in time you can see paintball on the beach right by the pier see paintball sales guy essentially hundred percent sales guy. The people who were who were pitching event because like the 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 people who were doing sale the basically the salespeople for the MPPL were better because when you're when you're pitching an event you're pitching culture you're pitching bringing money to the atmosphere you're bringing and the MPPL brought a good event paintball players as a whole are somewhat shitty people at times we've had (laughs) we've had shitty people like they don't take care of their stuff they don't take care of other people's things. Like the number of people at Bunker Fest that like like there's be paint spilling around. Like Chris, Chris has got like he's got his balls on the table. He's doing everything he possibly can for paintball, and like people are not like they're not treating the facility well. And like you got to make sure you're not leaving trash. And like when you're going around the city and like you're wearing paintball stuff, try to leave it in the best light. Like don't just don't be a jackass. That's the thing. And like. People are like, like we'd be in like a parking lot with like vendor booths and stuff. And people would like spill paint and they're like, "Hey, no paint here. This is a vendor only area." And like, what's well, a paintball term? Of course, we paint here. It's like, listen, doesn't necessarily need to be. Doesn't necessarily need to be that way. Like, we don't have to make a mess, and like, we don't have to give this negative connotation of paintball to everybody else. Right. Like, and like it, we we have to we have to shepherd our own thing, and like help and shepherd those who are trying to trying to do that stuff. And like, that's the part that's most frustrating for me about like the NXL and like Tom Cole and them is like there, no one feels like they're the villain in their own story and not that he's the villain in any of these stories. It's just, there's so many things and struggles with like NXL and like, it's gotta be impossible to see it at the top because all you're doing is putting your heart and soul and everything you possibly can into like putting on events and like growing the sport and everything. But like, the world is filled with people who are doing who, who are doing things that are are at the end of the day they are not positive in that community but they're doing them with the absolute utmost best intentions and with with full hearts and nothing like not not no malice in their heart at all like and that's like the human existence is kind of understanding that like there will be people marching feeling like they're carrying like the flag of like virtue marching at each other fighting tooth and nail and that's just we get to watch damien and tom fight on <laughs> on uh, social media and it's just it's just a beautiful thing right because they're yeah, just yeah. they they're both just carrying their banners and like we're we're just watching it random strangers throw the arrows in from afar it's it's a it feels like the battle of the bastards I don't know yeah you don't know if you're a game with well some people are just throwing haymakers and i just love that randomly like the shit stirs just come in and just 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 take a big pile of it and slap someone in the face with it like here comes frank Cornell and oh, all all the old school guys and then you're like oh here comes the market sh- the 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 market chills and 
soon there we'll we'll have the there are no money in paintball people and Damien and Lasoya. It just love it. I'm just love getting it. up to speed with all this. I, I just the tell me that I peeped. It's like the internet's exploding. One v one, man. Thank thank God, thank God that one v ones are a thing again. Like oh, make man. make one v ones great again. Like all Please. this talk, let everybody let everybody talk. Like, like it'd be great. Like Chris, Damien, we'll see. Like will Chris will Chris will Chris be the victor or will he fly away with his hair flapping in last place? Like, <laughs> what's it gonna be? Like it's, I I, dude, I I don't know if you I don't know if you fuck with the plum father. I I know what his I know what his strategy is for the one v one mask off. Run to the corner, heads up, just. When you get to the corner, you just call yourself out. That's, that's the <laughs> that was the soundest strategy for the one people, the mask off one people. Do you do you ever hear about that? I did not. And ask, I'm ask the boys. Ask the boys about one people one mask off. You just well, get yeah. any, get any of the Plum Life group chats and just it's a it's it's a uh, there's there's a homeboy out there who uh, you'll you'll it, it's it's quoted towards him. It's it's okay. a gym. it's a gym. What we'll, we'll to cut this up and talk about one people one mask off. As a, oh dear God! Yeah, as as, as a TikTok or like a Instagram teaser, because that, that's an audience of at least fourteen people. So <laughs> no doubt, you got my you got my attention. Nice, nice. One v one mask off. Bro, like play me one v one. Mask off. Don't be wearing a mask like a coward. Come on, it's twenty twenty one. Aren't you on, aren't you on the right masker for masker for pussies? Come on, dude. I got a scar on the uh, side of my leg from probably two and a half months ago from Damien shooting me in the side of my leg with my mask off. Uh, Cause I was talking shit. Granted he shot me like, like it's low on my leg. So I know he's not like, let me blind this fucker. But like uh, he did. And I'm guessing it's scarred a, because I'm soft now coaching B because he was probably shooting hot as fuck. So. Oh, you, what you think? Crumbles and stuff. Come on now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Permanent on my calf. First of all, he chronoed that gun in 2013. I don't want to hear it. Like that thing's good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, have you first of all, you tell me the last time you saw a chrono at a pro practice. Oh, dude. I when? I, when? I can't even Where? remember the last time we chronoed at our practice, let alone. Dude, I, I pulled I pulled out a I, I have a virtue clock because like i I'm a nerd or something. I don't remember. I don't know if I found it ground floor. Yeah, I get the look. Uh, if I pull that out of the practice, people look at me like I'm just the bougiest person that's ever existed because they've, they've never even seen a chrono. Like, <laughs> yeah. it was like, what? what is it? Chronos are just the thing. Like, those are only for tournaments. Oh, right? yeah. <laughs> for, just for tournaments. And you're shocked the first time you shoot over to see that it says 375 too. By the way, no one's going to come to any practices whatsoever. Practices are always safe. All the fields that we play out do an awesome yeah. job of making sure – Everyone's shooting below. There's no tauntaun action going on here. We might shoot 12.5 at you, but it will not. It will not be at over 325 feet per second. That is that is a guarantee. Well, Kat, I mean, what does unscrewing the barrel take off? Maybe 15, 20. I don't know, but like, it's scary that like too many people know that trick. That got taught to me when I was like 13, and it was just some older guy. He was like, "Hey, bro, like, oh, you played you played in the Midwest." Yeah, yeah, it was at the Midwest Paintball Series, RIP. Yes, that baby. Week, but yeah, some guy behind me, like the refs, give me trouble, and I like was like, "Oh, let me go find my dad and find my tools," and like I go walking off, and this dude's like, "Hey, bro, just take that out a couple threads," and I was like, 
oh. So I walk up and I'm like 295, 295. Ref's like, yeah, you're good. Uh, and before we go, we're going to have to run out of here because, you know, I got to, I got to, I got to and get to Hawaii. Right. Yeah, we're going to get to Hawaii. But we only got about seven hours. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. So, hey, here's a, here's a question. Uh-huh. That rule that the unscrewing the barrel, right? Which is like the trick that so many people like understand, like what percentage of people kind of know what's up with like taking a thread? I think it's like 25 or 30, right? My least. guess is going to be 20. Okay, Listen. so good. I like that we can pick someone similar numbers, Grant. So yeah, so like if twenty five or let's say let's say twenty or thirty percent of those people, they know what's up. What percentage of the NXL referees at Philadelphia know what's up with that move? Real that talk aren't on the pro field. That aren't on the pro field. Hey, uh, yeah, and with that being said, I love, some G- I love all of you refs. I know so, well, and like yes, mad respect to the ref, but like. And like, first of all, if you're a ref and you're listening to this, we're not talking about you. You yeah, you yeah, give a shit about paintball. Like, if you have, we're not talking about you. You understand what's going on. I'm talking about the person. Like, and why do you guys do this? Why do you always give the person who never played paintball before? Why do you make them the gate referee for the chrono? Why is this just like? Is this like whenever I was fat, everyone made me sit in the middle seat on the plane? They're <laughs> like, oh, it's a great joke. We're gonna make him sit in the middle seat. No, is this what it is? Because like every time I go to an event, the person who's like someone told him if you go underneath the net and you don't have your plug all the way wrapped around like your reg, it's a penalty like that guy. Like, why does that person exist? Like why, why are you guys letting him work the gates? But wearing a book cover for, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Like what's like, what's going on? Like, can we, like, if if this is, if this is an amusement park and we're paying entry fee, can we get like the Walmart door greeters of the people at the nets? Like, can I get a guy who's like, Hey, great job, man. Keep hey you you'll get them you'll get them give me a little like word of encouragement or something like yeah, instead yeah. of like being like hey bro if this just three oh two I'm gonna make you stand here for three minutes and like I the number of refs that like you're trying I'm just walking to the shortest distance between the box but they're like no you need to walk to the center of the field so that you can shoot over this chrono and I'm like why don't you walk to me I'm the paying customer here right right like why <laughs> give me a break yeah give give. Give me, give me, give me a break. But yeah, I, I would say to answer your question, and I'm being dead serious, maybe seven percent, ten percent, maybe. Could be, could could be an issue. We might want to like, but hey, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, tip them off or anything. Well, hey guys, how about like for me? I think the answer is like I don't want my gun to shoot three fifteen. I don't want my gun to shoot 301. I want my gun just to shoot like 290, 285, 290, 285 in that little like plus or minus three. Like the like the nerds who somehow make shooting videos online always get their gun to shoot plus or minus three. Have you ever had a gun shot plus or minus three? Mine's like 12 to 15 at any given point. Oh yeah. Like who are these monsters that like also if there's anyone out there who makes guns shoot really really well hit me up i love to send you my stuff i just need my stuff to work just just i just need to push the button on the back of it and then it goes pew 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 so like anyone make that happen hit me up but grant thank you so much we will have to have many more of these i want to i want to talk with you some more there's there's a lot of uh paintball we need to talk so um Thank you so much. Anything you any where can people go to check you out, support you? How can they support Missouri All Stars? What's the next event you guys are playing? Tell us what you got going on. Yeah, yeah. So um, 
Instagram, it's I believe it's the Missouri All Stars. Mm-hmm. Should be Casey Missouri All Stars, but the Missouri All Stars, Casey Missouri All Stars, something. Facebook, we have a team page as well, um, and we're working on getting a site up and running, so you can visit us there. All the merch, everything like that, um, and then Todd Boyer does a great job of pushing. Um, stuff out there as well. And then most importantly, we have our own, Todd Boyer's building this, our own home field. It's going to be the KC Sports Complex. And it's a beautiful turf field. I mean, it's going to be nice as shit. So check out KC Sports Complex as well. Um, and I believe, I think I touched on everything where you can connect with us. The the real field of dreams out there, KC Sports Complex. Shout out, Todd. It's Get legit. Get some of those, dude. Yeah, for sure. I, I've, I've, I've seen, I've seen a couple. I've seen a couple Snapchats. I've seen a couple photos. I've, I've got, I've got a couple of the, the sneak teasers. So, I, I, just, I think people are, people are in trouble because like they give you boys a surface to practice on, and like, ooh, what are they gonna do when we put the Ferrari on the, on the dyno? What are they gonna <laughs> do? What are they gonna? We're gonna figure out what this thing can do. Oh my goodness, it's gonna be great. Well, again. Hey, hey, not to cut you off, but if anyone wants to uh, come get the shit beat out of them at that field or come beat the shit out of us, just hit us up, inbox me or Todd Boyer, we'll, we'll line it up. Anybody looking to get those hands, they can anyone. get it. All we'll right. It. All right. Can't sit. Hey, we'll, we'll set you up with all the we'll – hit, we'll hit them up with the jack stack. Anyone who travels in, <laughs> travel in, we'll, we'll hit them up. You, you might have some other opinions on that, but I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a jack stack kind of – kind of guy but that'd be a whole nother uh i, I like to we'll eat, get one so we'll, we'll get one. we may have to go hit all the spots next oh, time yeah. because I'm, I'm becoming i'm gonna be coming through before too long whenever we get get moved here pretty quick and we'll have to make a video check out all the spots because like i just want to eat food man let's get back oh. to get back to casey we'll have to talk with with all the boys so all right guys until next time uh this is dustin latchford from becoming coachable and uh we want to thank you to our sponsors dharma paintball Check them out. Uh, you can check them out on social media. Again, check out Missouri All-Stars and, and follow the KC Sports Complex. Uh, remember, when the internet is breaking, uh, we're, we're here for you. So have a good one. Thank you guys very much, and we will catch you next time. Thanks, Dustin. Thank you.